The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello and good morning and welcome back in this Friday edition of the Source of Truth podcast as we take a few minutes out of our day and examine the truth of the Word of God, which is the Source of Truth, God's Holy Word. Uh, If you've been following along with us recently, uh, what we do is we go verse by verse through different books of the Bible and walk through them and examine them and look at the practical application from them. And we have been going to the life of Christ through the book of Matthew. Uh, We've been studying the last few episodes through the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, we're going to pick up. We moved just to this aspect of this much more practical, kind of straightforward, even poignant, poignant uh, positions that Jesus is teaching the culture. Uh, the religious people had been tw- adding to the truth, have been twisting the truth, and, and so Jesus comes and he gives, uh, not only reasserts the truth, but then he just digs deeper. Uh, We mentioned, we've mentioned a couple times here, I say this when I preach, and it bears repeating, we're going to see here in this case, that one of the things we need to understand when it comes to um, our actions and long-term in our thinking, we have to understand the power of what goes on in our mind and our thoughts. In Proverbs, we're told to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. What we put into our mind, what we think, what we dwell on, will establish our view of life. If we bring in secular thinking and that's what we want to follow, we'll view the world from a secular worldview. If we allow God's Word to be our source, we go to the Word of God, we go to His teachings, then we will filter and we will see the world through the filter of a biblical worldview. Because it becomes to our minds, what we think establishes what we believe, what we believe establishes our actions. And that's literally exactly what Jesus is digging into. And we're even going to see a progression of how thinking can develop into things even greater. So again, uh, Matthew chapter 5, we're in verse 27 at the moment. Uh, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye cause you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand cause you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than your whole body be cast into hell. So he starts off in these first few verses referencing the specific premise of the thought. He, Jesus, again, he, the scribes and Pharisees, the religious people of the day had gone just to the outward appearance. If you look good, if you do this, you're fine. And Jesus says, I hope you understand this is so much deeper than just my actions. And again, we, we can live in a world where if I look good, I act good, I dress good, I sound good, and I do all the churchy things, um, I'm fine. But Jesus wants us to understand that the Christian journey starts at the heart. Um, you know, we have people say it's not the outward appearance, man looks in, God looks in the heart, which is very, very true. It's exactly what's going on here. But two things can happen that way. Um, we can hide the things in our heart. Uh, we can put on a facade and fake it. And Jesus says, I'm more concerned about what's really going on in your mind. When we reference the idea of the heart in a Christian term, we're really talking about the mind, our will, what drives us, what sets the direction, our motives, why we do what we do. That's the heart. And we look at this and we look and we say, 
That is the direction we go. And Jesus says, I am more concerned with your heart. So he says, you are concerned about immorality in life, which is a power, bad thing. It's something you need to be concerned about. Let me tell you, uh, this is it's an important topic to talk about today because it's what the world drives. The world's driving that these things are great. The world's telling us how we should be free and this is what we're supposed to do. Can I tell you in these, in the next couple of verses we'll look at, that one of the things we do, a lot of times people want to jump on and say, why this bad? Why this bad? Can I tell you the premise, a very gener- simple but yet powerful premise that I think we need to see here is what we need to see is we can go to each one of these things and point why they're wrong, why they're wrong, why, what kind of verses. Let's go to a bigger thing and say, what was God's design? How did God design us? How did God design marriage? What we were, how we were supposed to be, you know, what is the design of in, of uh, intercourse and in, 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 in the sexual part of these type of things? What, what was God's design in this? And morality goes to the opposite side. It's deeper. What is the design? And so he comes back and he says, listen, you can look good on the outside, but if your mind is struggling, then you've already done it. See, and today, if, as long as I'm not doing some of these things, I'm fine. Jesus says, no, your heart is where the problem is. You might be doing them and looking at them and thinking them and you don't even know it. And he's saying the danger, the battle starts in the heart. By the way, we can take that same premise beyond this passage. We could take it into, we, well, the last time, talking about if we're angry at somebody. We can take it out envious. We want things a certain way. Uh, we want it our way. Well, whatever it would be, we can, those minds, and our mindset, if we really start to think it and believe it, it will establish our actions. We deserve this, whatever, and, and then we act in a way that we are very surprised we act, and it all comes back to the thinking, which uh, which is a belief, which is started by thinking. But then he talks about if your eye offends you, if your hand offends you, why would you cut it off? Now, let me be honest with you. Um, I don't believe that God is saying that if I struggle with what I'm looking at, pluck my eye out. The reason I say that is I have no, 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 no nobody or anybody who has done that. That's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is this stuff is so dangerous that it would be better for you to lose a hand or lose an eye than to not be able to see through it to find Jesus. And he's referencing, because he talks about being cast into hell. He's saying, if these are the things that are keeping you from the answers of Jesus Christ, but it would be better that you'd even lose your hand or your eye. He's not asking you to do it. He's just saying how dangerous these things can be and how important it is for us to set these things aside so that we can see Jesus, see his design, see what his plan is and what he wants for us. But then he jumps into something intriguing. And honestly, I think they kind of lean together in the same thing. In verse 31, furthermore, has it been said, whosoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whosoever divorces his wife for any reason, except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Now, we, you could, you could spend weeks talking about the topic of divorce and all of the different things in it. And I'm not going to do that this morning. What I'm going to say is, first of all, it's intriguing to me that in the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus starts with the immorality that starts in the mind, moves to an action, and then talks about divorce. That's often how it goes. Divorce is usually, when when a couple divorces, they usually can pan it back or stretch it back to things that start in the mind or battles and struggles between each other that were internal, all those things, and it can result in this. And a lot of it was one of the couples in the wrong thinking, one of the the members of the couple in the wrong thinking. And then he talks about the proper. He obviously says that the premise is that we, we shouldn't just be divorcing for anything. Let's go back to the design. The design is when we get married, God's design is this is permanent. And that's what should be our goal. And then we should fight and we should strive with the grace of God to allow that. 
Uh, we see in this some scenario, there are some scenarios that make that impossible, but it would be that we should strive our best to follow God's design. God's design is you get married, and that is the person until the end. That is God's design. But even in that case, they were trying to be more lenient as to what God was saying was the reason behind it, and, and they were twisting even Old Testament scripture to make that happen. And they go back to the court. Let's go deeper to this. Let's go back to God's design. Now, again, it all goes back to the heart, goes back to the mind, goes back to the thinking, goes back to the motives. Uh, and that is something that we really, you know, we focus on. And again, it goes back to keeping our eyes on Jesus. And, and, and it not, just, not just generic, okay, keep my eyes on Jesus. It sounds so simplistic. What does the Bible say about this? What is Jesus teaching about this? What do I do when I'm hurting, when, I want, when I'm asked to forgive, when I need to reconcile, uh, when I need to clear, purify my mind? What does the Bible say about this? By the way, the further we get from God's design, the more people struggle. You can look at a world that mocks God's design as going away from God's design, but you also see a world that struggles more with depression, anxiety, and suicide than it ever has. Those two are tied hand in hand. That's exactly how it is. The further we get from God's design, the more miserable, more discouraged, more anxious, and more lost we become. The world wants us to say, it's an intolerant design. God says, no, it's a beautiful design. And that's where you find the greatest peace and freedom in the center of God's will. Well, thanks again for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes out of the end of our week together. Hope is encouragement. Again, this Sermon on the Mount is kind of straightforward, but it's good for us to be challenged and to think through these things. Uh, we look forward to continuing through the study. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you back again this coming Monday.